Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. It might be. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking it to you live with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure. Uh, what is it? Herald? Yeah. Uh, and the quest, the past. In the last episode of the show, our party were flying out on the wave wraith, cutting through the clouds. I think there was a kraken that was uh, belly up in the water doing something. I think somebody said that. I think Ryan was the one who said that. Um, but the party had traveled for nearly three weeks, close to a month, all the way to the east, to the far land of Fazeri, flying over the islands along the way. Um, the party had done a lot of interesting things along the way, including Anton justifying feeding a peon to the Grim Reaper. Uh, Norhill, um, Norhilled about a little bit. Klika rode a dragon that she summoned from the afterlife without asking for consent. And Jarzak took on a second, uh, second hand onto the ship, uh, under a heavy duress of threat that if he did not do good... Uh, he would be fed to the sunbathing kraken. But our party had landed the wave wraith on the island of Fazeri, just outside of Staffwind. Their current task and objective is to infiltrate the mighty fort of Shieldvale, ruled over by the Citadel. The Citadel being the uh, home base, uh, <laughs> to put it in technical terms, of the Tome Guard. Um, getting into this fort is not going to be easy, and being a group of wanted individuals, especially Klinka, the party decided to land outside of Staffwind so that they could, uh, I don't know, how did, how would we put this? Uh, mosey in with no good ideas other than chug invisibility potions and lie to the local authorities? So anyway, Norhill lied to the local authorities and Klika chugged an invisibility potion, and we have just ended with our uh, mounted tome guard basically telling the party, find somewhere to stay, there is a curfew, and don't be a dick. Um, and if you see this goblin, let us know. <laughs> and then they gave a picture of a very Thanks. tall, beautiful goblin woman. <laughs> Riding on a dragon mm -hmm. that's definitely not dead. Um, yeah, and wants to be there. Yeah, definitely wants to be there. You know, Tartharsha <laughs> was pretty cool with you. It's just you lied to Tartharsha for the, you know, the whole coolness. So the consent you received is definitely debatable. Uh, it's based in false pretense. But you know what? Can't argue with the dead. So we summon them anyway. You know, you and that necromancer, the uh, lich there, have a little bit more in common than you might think. I told him I'd be back. It was to learn some tips, tips and tricks. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see that. I hope they play that like stock YouTube music, that stupid little xylophone <laughs> music. <laughs> it's like tips and tricks from Moon Threndiel, yeah. the bane of life. <laughs> anyway, 
so the parties stand outside of the walls of the uh, the fort city here um, of uh, Staffwind. Uh, Staffwind is on the coast, and you guys can see, in, even in the distance, um, someone of a lighthouse out on a rocky outcropping out over the over in the water, um, where lighthouses sometimes are. Um, and the uh, party are basically outside this main gate. Um, they've been led up to the gate uh, where the guards of the gate. If I say gate one more time, you guys are allowed to leave the game. Um, where the guards are basically letting you in, um, thanks to the three tome guard on horses. Uh, the party as it is, of Anton, Jarzak, and Norhill are standing there, well under the impression that an invisible Kalika is probably following. Um, and I think we said that Kalika's invisibility potion was just about to wear off. So, what would you guys like to do as the uh, large portcullis gate has been drawn and the guards give you a very angry look as they're sort of waving you to hurry in? Mm. Uh, is there a is there a building that appears to be like an inn or a boarding house or something like within sight of the gate? No. And as you approach, if you're planning on approaching the gate, I don't know if you want to do anything before you uh, get within earshot of the guards at the gate. See, that's the funny thing about players is once you say you're approaching guards, all of a sudden everybody's like, but wait, 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 this first. So I just want to get that out first. Is there anything you'd like to do before you're close to guards? Jerzak will open up his backpack so if Klika wants, she can climb in, but he has no clue where she is. If you are going to do that, ooh, that is going to be very strange looking. I'm going to roll, I'm going to, okay. Okay. Oh, it's going to be well, like a near bag. Jerzak just lowers like, oh, I think I dropped something. Just opens his backpack, just holds it there like an imaginary cat's going to go in. Jerzak's just like, let me get this Oh, I gotta grab this out of my bag real quick. Just like, take something out of his bag that is not important. <laughs> uh, while Jarzak does that, Norhill is actually going to step up to the guards and ask, I'm sorry to have to ask after troubling you this much already. Uh, where do you recommend that we go stay for the night? Where we won't make so, any trouble for anyone. The guard who approaches you is very typical in his appearance for Fazeri and for the people who are sort of the, I don't want to say like the human inhabitants of the general citadel. Um, his facial hair is uh, a very dark brown, close to black, uh, with some silver flecks in there. And his hair comes down to a ponytail behind his head, uh, which uh, I would say is braided once it leaves his scalp. Um, but his armor, again, is very loose-fitting. It's very breezy for the uh, hot temperatures of this area. Um, but he, uh, as you ask this question, he sort of leans into you and he says, Have you been here before? No, I can't say that I have. And he gives you sort of a very ugly look. And he looks over and sees Jarzak, like, still skirting around the open backpack going... And so with that, he looks back to you and he says, perhaps I should give you a rundown of some of the rules that we have here within the Citadel's walls and within the Citadel's reach. The Tome oh, Guard don't take too... Appreciated. The Tome Guard don't take very kindly to individuals uh, who do not follow our very strict code. Our people who live here in Fazeri live a very comfortable life due to our vigilance. 
We have taken advantage of what magic has to offer. And for this reason, we have regulated it. If you, and looks over at Anton, you, and looks over at Jarzak, and points and says, or this one, decide to use any arcane magics within the walls of this city or any others, you will be punished to the utmost degree. I'm warning you now so you don't try to claim some sort of ignorance as an excuse. Those who are silver-banded are capable of casting spells, but those who are silver-banded understand the repercussions to miscasting. Am I clear? Crystal. Does this also we have a... include spells of religion? Is, is, that, is that technically arcane? It is specifically arcane. And he just says, we accept any religious figures and any gods to be worshipped here. But I would recommend that you do not cast magics in the streets or in public places. It's not our place to sort out which kinds of magics you're casting. And if it seems like a threat to us, you will be imprisoned. What happens after that is up to the magistrates. Now, second rule, we have a strict curfew. You're not allowed to leave the city's walls after the sun goes down. If you do, you must have special permit to do so. Again, I'm going to let this one slide, but don't do this sort of thing again. Of course. Am I clear? Clear. Yeah. Lastly, you are to pay a toll to enter the city's walls. Now, because you all are outsiders, I'm going to charge as I would charge anyone else. Because this is your first offense, I'm going to charge you a little bit extra so you understand we mean business. Each of you must pay 50 gold to enter the city. Damn, do they have like uh, this pavement like was, sidewalk? Was Jarzak able to hear that? <laughs> From where he's at, or I mean, I guess so. If you want to roll a perception check, real quick, I don't even have that much gold. I was gonna I say, I, I, I know you guys are all chuckling about how much that is. It should be noted how unbelievably much that is. Seven. Yeah. Like that is that is very well. You guys are very well aware that fifty gold is ridiculous. Uh, however, in the interest of not causing any trouble whatsoever. Uh, Norhill is going to give the guy five platinum pieces. Yeah. Pay, I was going to say pay him think... in silver. <laughs> Dump all that copper and silver collection. you've got. Yeah. Get rid of all that <laughs> and then count and personally pull out one by one gold coins until you get to the 50 from there. <laughs> so with that, he gives a, a nod to you and smiles a toothy grin and he says, and the others? What did George like get on that perception if he rolled it? A uh, seven. Oh, okay, so you don't hear him mention this. I don't okay. have any, so I can't go in. <laughs> I I mean, Jarzak has all the money, so like, if I didn't hear it, <laughs> it is. What I, it I is. mean, eventually you're gonna have to stand up and stop pantomiming a cat going into your backpack. I don't think you're gonna do this for endless amounts of time. Would Jarzak see Nor he'll hand over the money? Yeah. My okay, only point then... was that while you were over there, you didn't have the moment to like leap up and be like, "Gold!" Like you know what I mean? Not, uh, not Jarzak. Will 
grab his money out of his bag. That's definitely what he was going for the whole time. Uh, so my question uh, yeah, is, got us before you do covered. that, before you do that, did Klika climb into the bag? Yeah, I mean, Klika, uh, the reason it took so long is because Klika was pulling a bunch of gross shit out of Jarzak's bag and throwing it out. No, fuck. Are you serious? Yeah, dog. <laughs> uh, that, that sounds like something people could see. Well, that's why Jarzak was pantomiming so hard. Isn't it like nightfall? It should be pretty dark if he's not near torchlight. That's what I I already rolled for it. The point is, is that it's just I wanted to know how big the backpack's gonna be. I mean, Cleek is small, but like a backpack yeah, with stuff in it already. Just a bag of holding, but you got your lips I mean, hanging out of but it. But didn't just, I ooh, didn't ooh, I say ooh. last time that I cleared out most of my bag so that that we could? You did. Do that? You did. Yeah. So yeah. It's, Pretty much empty. That's why Charzak okay. was fiddling so long, because like there's nothing in there to take out, really. Actually, I'm just saying that the bag's going to be kind of, you know, plump. So as you walk over, uh, the guard at the gate sort of points at you as well and says, 50 gold to enter. Whoa, 50. <laughs> uh, With that, he gives sort of a shifted look for a second. He says, yes, 50. I didn't stutter. You're all outsiders, and this is the price I would charge any of you. Wait, wait, I want to do an insight. Is this guy being greedy bastard or what? Well, Jarzak, a part of that is paying a fee for breaking the curfew. Oh, what's... May I ask what the fee is if we didn't break curfew? And... I'm going to do an insight. What was that? I I didn't catch that. He says it would depend. Uh, no, we're still outsiders, so like the outsider cost no breaking curfew. It says, well, it looks like it's getting only darker. So the problem is, is this is something I would normally let slide, but if you'd like to continue arguing until it's completely dark out. No, no I'm just curious for, nightfall. for next time we visit, so I can make sure we have it ready. Oh, don't worry. I'll remember you all next time. I'll remember you all very well. I'll give you quite the discount next time you come through these parts. I have a Did 20. Roll for insight? Fucking with us? You got a 20? Yeah. Not yeah, crit. Yeah, no, he's definitely. He is. The fact. Wait, you got a crit? Not a crit. Not a crit. But... Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was going to oh, say no. with a crit, you could tell he also has a false tooth. Um, oh. But the. Uh, <laughs> but no, <laughs> the, the thing is, is that as soon as Norhill mentioned that they're not from here, you could tell this man's eyes lit up and he saw an opportunity. The fact that he mentioned also you guys being outsiders, you could tell he was also taking advantage of that. So by asking for 50, it seemed almost like a, a threat as well as like, you know what I mean? Like this is all kinds of slimy all over the place. You know, I'd rather check with another guard on that pricing. It seems a little bit too high. I think I'd rather fare sleeping outside of those walls. Or we could just what am I gonna get for that 50? to write right now. How short are you, Anton? What? How short are you? Doesn't matter. Problem. It's just the whole point that, like, why are we paying a fee to go in a city? When the hell is this at Rapimavor? Other than goddamn bandits on the road, this guy's even worse. It's like paying a toll to cross a bridge. This isn't. <laughs> yeah, but this is must be like a really fancy city inside because you have to be pretty wealthy to come in and out all the time as outside traders or anything. So. That's... The uh, the guard chimes in and says it's one of the most beautiful cities in all of Fazeri. 
of people live in the city? What did you say? What kind of people live in the city? Can everyone afford the city? Do you have beggars? People who can't eat. What the hell's going on here? Clea yeah, is sitting in her locals. backpack, like watching herself become more and more corporeal. Just like, yeah, this is where we'd get stuck. Hell yeah. Now if something happens, Look. I can't even make a quick escape because my party really needed to hammer down on their 50 gold. Hey, nor Norhill paid. I mean, that's 150 gold. Norhill paid with no follow-up. When you when you first called him out on it and said you could speak with another guard, if you'd like to, you could roll an intimidate check on that, Ronnie, and I'll give yeah, you advantage on it. Because I'm like, what is going on? Well, I'm pretty sure we know what's going on. We're being shaken down, but yeah, yeah. By by all means, bring more guards. So what did you get? I got only got ten, so I don't I don't think it went that well. Okay, so he gives you a bit of a dirty look, and he says, "If you'd like, I could get more guards to come down here, and we could really have a good discussion about what it's like to try to negotiate prices with a bunch of people who have violated the curfew, or we could deal with it small time, and you could be smart like your short friend over here, and nudges toward the North Hill and say, and you could pay the toll as it stands, fifty gold pieces." Raw silence staring at him. Is this the only entrance to the city? Is like only one door? Are they I mean, if you'd like to circle to the other side of the city and wander around the wall of the city where all the guards will see you still. I mean, yeah, you can go for it. I'd rather get a second opinion. I don't want to hold you two up, but I'd rather get a second opinion because this seems like bullshit. Just I'll wait for the next shift. <laughs> you know what? You, you know what? Norhill will just pay for Anton. Okay, so the guard I never where breaking money goes. I want to know what happens to it. The the guard to never the, breaking eye contact <laughs> with Anton holds out his hand and accepts the coinage from Norhill, and then looks over to Jarzak and says, "You have to pay up too." Yeah, sure. Jarzak pays in silver. Hell yeah, <laughs> five hundred silver pieces, just ten yep. pounds of silver, just like. So that he smiles his toothy grin again and he says, enjoy your stay in the city. Is there really no other guard there? I'm very concerned. There are three guards who are standing here. Each one of them outfitted in the same garb as the tome guard you had seen so long ago, the Forest of the Wandering Swords. Jeez. I'm going to ask one of them, but I feel like he's just going to be a douchebag. Um... I mean, as soon as we're out of earshot of the guards, uh, Norhill is going to sort of grumble to Anton. Do you intend to have us captured? Norhill, you act like we haven't been captured before. This is something I'm expecting to happen. <laughs> yes, but not intentionally. Like, you think we're just going to successfully get into a dead lich's... Well, sorry, I think that's uh, that's that's a... Whatever. Do you think we're going to get to Lich's hidden portal? We're going to get we're going to get out of here with no one catching us. Nothing. Something is going to go wrong. That is just I'm anticipating it. 
But what they were doing back there, that is greed through and through, Norhill. I do not support it. I want to know where that money goes. It is supporting this city, or they're just lining that creep's pockets. So what? Oh. When, when the weight of the world is not on your shoulders, you can come and preach to these people about the vice of greed. I, for one, would prefer not to be arrested before we even make an attempt on our destination. Like from in the backpack, a little green hand reaches out. Just, I agree. <laughs> little green foot. But I didn't even. I don't even right the little prehensile foot. Um, but I didn't even think about the fact that Anton's whole his whole angle with the Illuminator is for charity, isn't it? Yeah. So he's I okay, I understood charity. the diametrical opposition to this. He's all, all right. about charity and care, and he's like, "Are there people in the city who are suffering, and you're lining your pockets with 150 gold? Like that's bullshit." Claiming you're such a green and beautiful city. If there's that much of a problem, Anton's going to get really pissed. As the party enter the city's walls, the uh, one of the three guards who's not the one with uh, the, the creep, as he was so called, uh, one of the guards points you down the uh, main road here and says that once you get to the center where the fort is, if you round the moat, there is an inn over there that'll take people in at this time of night. He says it's called the Ill Frog. And he says that it might not be cheap at this time of night, but you could at least get a room. That's a foreboding game. Thank okay, you. Okay, thanks. So, as the uh, party enter the city and start walking down the streets, uh, one thing you notice is that many of the buildings here are made from either like hewn stone covered in clay um, or. Yeah, I mean, I guess primarily just that. Um, as far as the overall like shape and architecture of these buildings, they're very simple, but they're all sort of rectangular and sort of like very geometrically shaped. It's a very regulated looking city, as if like the city was built around the fort itself in a way that was made to maximize the amount of people who could live here and live comfortably. Many of these houses have small sort of like plant beds outside of them. And some of them even have sort of open concept, sort of like foyers where you can see furniture and like little sunbeds and whatnot laying about. Um, so overall, the claims that Anton had made about like, you know, what the overall like vibe of the city was and if there's poor people here, it kind of feels like walking in that, this place is pretty well-to-do from the get-go. This place seems, overall, like a pretty okay place to be. And as you guys make it closer to the fort and see this large stone building sort of arcing up out of a small moat of water with a group of bridges surrounding it, you guys take the bend and see one tavern, a building larger than the rest, with a sign out front that shows a frog with a bunch of bubbles around its head, uh, labeled the Ill Frog. Um, the door seems to be shut, but there are lights on inside. Jarzak when I say lights on, I mean a torch. Not that they yes. have electricity. The city's not that good. <laughs> yeah. Jarzak will check the door to see if it's locked and walk in if it's not. Okay. So as you check the door and pop it open, um, inside, there appears to be only one single soul sitting in this large tavern sort of entryway here, uh, working or tending the bar, cleaning off many of the things and sort of uh, like the the mugs and whatnot. And as you enter, uh, get a good look from across this the, the distance here. It appears to be a Goliath. And the Goliath looks over to you as you enter and says in a hulking voice that takes you back home to Auk, um, 
Hello, and welcome to my tavern. Oh, hello. It's, it's been a minute since I've seen one of your kind. That he has a very puzzled look on his face and he says, Hey, there are many of us here. Are you travelers from afar? Yes. We have a good friend who's a Goliath. And with that, he gives a nod and he just sort of says, Is he from around here? I don't know. Oh, maybe he's not that good of a friend. His name's Ock. <laughs> Um, he just, just sort of nods and says, I've never heard of him. Well, and he might not be. Uh, can we get... I know it's late, but can we get a room? That he gives a, a smile and a nod and he says, Of course. I always have rooms available in this place. You'd think with a name like the Ill Frog, I'd be able to pull many people in. It's pretty funny when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you saw a sick frog? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I can't say That's I pretty good, yeah. <laughs> you know that he says, I don't have much to offer you uh, for food. I have some scraps left over from the meals I prepped earlier, but I can offer you three rooms. Yeah, sounds Whatever great. Whatever you've got will be much appreciated. You know that he gives a nod and he says, for a gold piece each, I can offer you a couple of drinks. Perhaps some dinner in a room. Jarzak pays up. Yep. I'll pay up. Okay. So the food that he brings to you is, well, at least I think he first off asks if you guys are from far enough away that you've never been here before and tasted the uh, local Fazerian cuisine. I would imagine no. I don't no. think anybody has. No. That'd be kind of weird <laughs> if you're like, yes, I have. Like this backstory Dan wasn't ready for. Um, so with that, uh, he brings over what he would say is a pretty standard dish for this area. He brings over some quilty bread that's like little circled discs of bread. It's kind of quilty like naan almost. And he brings over sort of like a soft shell crab that's been fried up and mashed and sort of spiced and tossed together with a like a mayonnaise kind of paste. Um, overall, you just put it smack dab right onto the uh, bread and eat it kind of like a little taco. Um, for anybody who eats it, it is very spicy, like very spicy in a way that like you eat it and you're like, oh, wow, this is hot. And then like two minutes later, when you're like licking the floor to get the taste out of your mouth, you're like, why did this get so hot? So I guess I'd like a con check from everybody eating these just to see if you can like stomach this and not be borderline poisoned by the pain With of Jarzak's it. Jarzak's messed up taste. Does not have to. Jarzak, if anything, <laughs> enjoys the spice most of all. Jarzak is going to be like, hey, uh, can I get one more of these to take to my room? Because this is so good. Uh, is it a saver like... check? Uh, a save, yeah, my bad. Uh, is it poison? But, uh, no, it's not poison. Um, but when wrong? he answers Jarzak, he basically says that all he has left are like the fried bits of shell that fell off the crabs, but he says nobody ever eats that. And then he gives you a weird look for a second and then slides the plate of them over to you, realizing you wanted that probably most of all. <laughs> I got a 20. Norhill got a 14 on his con save. So both of you being worldly travelers enough have been able to stomach this in a way that you appreciate it for the spicy, ridiculous that it is. And you don't fall to the pitfall of 
it's so spicy that I can't taste it. Um, after the meal, he brings over a couple of wine glasses that are filled with a bright bluish purplish liquid. Um, and he slides them over to you and he says, now, a lot of travelers know this and they don't know really where it comes from. Uh, it has many different names around the world, but this is known to us as Shalem. It's a sweet, uh, well, spirit. Yeah, why don't you try drinking it? And he just slides uh, it over to each of you. Thanks. It is like painfully sweet in a very champagne-y kind of way. But there's a bitter and sour aftertaste that sort of edges that sweetness out. Um, he explains that this comes from fermented wild berries found in the shrublands outside of a fazeri. And quite a few people have made a name for themselves owning the uh, distilleries which make this stuff. But overall, he says he doesn't like it. But travelers seem to adore it. It's kind of like getting the Dole Whip when you go to Disney. Oh. It's like, you know, it's one of those things that, you know what I mean? Hmm. But yeah, so after that, he just asks if you guys would like to play stones before going to bed, then realizes what time it is and recognizes you'd probably would rather sleep than anything. Yeah. Okay. So that he gives a sort of a nod and says, whenever you're done, just leave your plates and everything over by the counter and he'll take care of it. And then he gives you your space and vacates, leaving you guys completely alone in here, um, free to do whatever you'd like to do. Jarzak saves half his food and then tries to put it in his bag. Like, pouring it in his bag. (laughs) Opens it up, looks like, makes eye contact with Klika and holds the plate over and starts tipping. (laughs) Klika just kicks it out of his hand so he doesn't dump it into the bag. She's not doing that. (laughs) Okay. So, what would you guys like to do now? No one else is going to take a look around the common room real quick. There don't happen to be any maps of the local area or Fazeri as a whole on display, would there? No, but what you do see is sort of a, I don't want to say a quest board, but there's definitely a board with a bunch of pinned little uh, papers and parcels and, and stuff on it. Um, even from afar, when you take a quick glance at it, you can see many images of like people's faces, sort of rough sketches of them. Um, from here, you can't make them out very well, but it definitely seems like it's like wanted posters. Norhill's going to go check on those. So as you get up and go wandering over there, um, the Goliath seems to boom out as you guys approach the board and start looking around. Uh, very quickly, you guys can see a picture of Klika's face on there. Um, not super detailed. She seems to look more like a pretty common goblin. Um, but on the description, it says that she's often like accompanied by a group of, well, a human, a dwarf, and an orc, as well as many other strange travelers. It says that she is deadly and dangerous and should not be cornered. And to be taken in, dead or alive, for the bounty of 20,000 gold pieces. As you approach and start looking this over, have your skin crawl, the Goliath chimes in from behind the bar and says, I didn't know you were bounty hunters. 
mercenaries, I suppose. Uh, we make ends meet how we can. And with that, he gives a kind of a, ah, good. I understand that way of life. Are these actually, or would you prefer that we leave them up? I wouldn't mind if friends of mine took them. But I will say the Tome Guard and those who make a living off of bounty hunting would look at that sort of thing uh, a bit unkindly. It would seem like you're trying to corner the market and unfairly poach game. You understand. Yeah. Fair that makes sense. Um, how exactly are they pinned up? Are they pinned up sort of more haphazardly? Well, uh, you know, yeah. Overlapping a little bit? Yeah. Noriel is going to like make a show of going through a whole bunch of them. You know, maybe take one or two down because he's short and he needs to see better. And, you know, just, very, very smoothly and naturally, just sort of cover up the, the one with Klika as he puts one or two back. You know, not super obviously like it, you know, 100, like 100% overlapped, just like you know, takes it down and maybe not puts it back. Okay, you can do a dexterity check for that one. Unless you have sleight of hand. 14. Okay, yeah, so you do so uh, deftly. And so with that, the uh, the Goliath says, well, I can honestly say that uh, a lot of bounty hunters often come in here from the uh, Dragonlands to the east. Uh, typically, they're the ones who do a lot of the bounty hunting. The uh, Tome Guard just appreciate the help. And uh, honestly, I think in most cases, they get a lot of the uh, rebel rousers off the streets, which I'm very happy for. A lot of people on that wall could probably kill you with one flick of the wrist. But, oh. uh, yeah. Well, this is why so, we pay professionals. Yeah. Just Norhill wearing ancestral dwarvish armor worth like a king's ransom. Just like, man, I'm glad they're not around here. <laughs> <laughs> just half bionic zombie Jarzak. <laughs> just the Pope. Just, oh, um, that's scary. <laughs> But with that, um, he just sort of shakes his head and grumbles a little bit, and he says, Now, now, I'm sure you're all doing very well for yourselves. I've seen many a travel come through here, and uh, judging by your gear, uh, appears you've done a bit of adventuring yourselves. I'm always one for a good story. Uh, would you mind telling old Dapnir thing or two you've done? Uh, I mean, I suppose you do have to be getting to bed, so... Uh, don't yeah, mind I'm me. About I, I to say, perhaps some other time. Just late, and we must but, be away early in the morning. I have a great story. It's about a Goliath, oh, and it's not even about playing stones with him. Oh no, not just... this one, Garzak. No, it's about wrestling him. Norhill here. Or was it Anton? It was Anton, wasn't it? Yeah, it was sure Anton. was. Yeah. Uh, one very uh, angry night. Uh, uh, Anton here was able to pin our Goliath friend. <laughs> Must have had too many drinks that night. Well, then he says, that's a very strange thing. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? He looks ashamed. He's oh, not happy about that. With that, he says... Now, now, if you were able to best a Goliath, that's something to smile about. He uh, must have been feeling sick and drunk and maybe lonely. I think very, that's why very he drunk. Very drunk had to be, but it was still good to see. Well, I 
kind of disagree on that, but uh, I'm sure it's very entertaining for you. It, it was one of those you had to be there situations. True. Well, I won't take up your time anymore, so feel free to go to bed whenever you want to. Right. Good night yourself. So with that, uh, I imagine the party go back to either one of the rooms or all three of the rooms. Basically, the back end of this place is a hallway that sort of snakes around in a big U-shape. Um, and to left and right are rooms, individual ones. You guys managed to get three rooms that are all together uh, in the farthest corner of the uh, U-shape, all the way at the end of the stretch. How big are the rooms? I mean, overall, the rooms that you got were definitely not great. They're like probably 10 feet by 20 feet deep at the most. Um, the bed itself is comfortable. The furniture inside is decent enough. Um, the bedding in the bed, however, not to get hung up on a detail, but it's probably one of the most interesting textures you've ever felt. It seems as if they took like sea sponges and managed to squish them together to make like one giant kind of like comforter squishy like bed pad. Um, but they stacked a couple of them and it's very comfortable. It's like a memory foam. Um, but apart from that, the rooms are pretty bereft of anything important or entertaining or decent. Yeah, well, Norhill won't all sleep, and Norhill won't insist that we all sleep in the same room, especially since we all paid for separate ones. I just didn't know if you guys wanted to talk. I don't know if there's anything, but I think we're just going to make sure Kuka's like not dead in the bag. Oh, I put her in the bag of holding. She suffocated. Oh, no. <laughs> nah, she's fine. She kicked my plate. Just or punched my plate? I'm not, I'm not sure if that was a hand or a foot. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so I that suppose when Drazak... setting in. <laughs> just <laughs> rapid rigamortis, just bonitis, kicking the leg out. Um, but I, I suppose that when Jarzak enters the room and closes the door, um, yeah, you guys can take it from there. Yeah, I'll open up the bag for Klika to get out. Maybe tip it on its side. Just tap it on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Klika looks out and sees that we're in the room for the night, then she'll, uh, come out of the bag and... She's not going to talk at all, but she'll uh, use... Well, I guess she will, but using the message cantrip, so it's all whispered, and technically only me and the wait, person wait, I'm wait, messaging wait. can hear it. Is it is it hmm. a spell, though? Yeah. Maybe we should wait. Maybe we should avoid spells. I imagine they have something that can track them. The Tom Garden say so. There that they have a strict policy of disallowing arcane magic. He, and he also dropped a term, the uh, silver banded, um, whatever that happens to mean. Don't do it because that's not us. I'm just going to pull out a piece of paper and like the, and the ring pen and just give it to Klika. They're like, let's just keep it simple. Perfect. So are we all going into one room then? to talk first yeah we're all in that's one, one. That was okay because okay, that's i didn't think we were doing that but that's fine i'd rather so... be sorry i mean Even it's it's the, the, uh... that, 
Is a potion an arcane thing, or is that different? It is uh, a magical... Usually they're created using arcane alchemical means, but, I mean, again, it's one of those things that, like, you probably shouldn't do it directly in front of a guard. You know what I mean? Might get did, in trouble on the technicality. But, you know... Did Norhill relay the, like, rules to Jarzak? Because I didn't hear it. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, once we're, you know, alone in so, the room together... Klinka would have also... Tell everybody the rules... Right. So, so that nobody gets in trouble. Okay. Clicky just writes on the, the paper. Uh, well, I wasn't planning on being out in public much anyway, so if you guys are that worried about spell casting even in private, Clicky can just write stuff when we're in town. Personally, I think we should be away before dawn, anyhow. Clicky agrees. Yep. Okay. And or he'll get four did, thumbs up. I didn't up. get a good look at your wanted poster, Klika. It isn't a perfect likeness, but it does say that you travel with people matching our descriptions. So it's certainly staying out of sight for the most part will be for the best. Was Klika the tallest? Klika underlines tallest several times. Klika was the only one who was actively drawn on the wanted poster, right? Yeah, bigger than the font, so I mean, it's got to be taller than something. He looked pretty tall. Your image was the centerpiece, but there's yeah. nothing to compare it to. You're so tall, they couldn't fit anyone else in that picture. <laughs> yeah, Clico nods knowingly. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm pretty sure by the size, they think you're bigger than a Goliath, so that's that's crazy. And accurate. Don't know how they got that. Um, okay, so is that what you guys would like to talk about for the evening? Yeah, if we're trying to get out of here, like, as soon as curfew ends, then that works for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Okay, so as the sun begins to rise in the south, um, the party uh, awaken to the sounds of the uh, frying of eggs and the cooking of bacon and fish. Um, not even the scent, just the sound. Um, and with that, the uh, party are welcomed with the sound of a knocking at the door. Uh, the Goliath seems to have uh, tried to rouse you guys up to get some of the uh, first rounds of the food. Really nice. Can we take it to go? And with that, he gives a very pained look and he sort of nods and he says, I understand you likely have places to go. I could definitely make that happen. With that, he grabs some sort of cheesecloths and wraps up a few different pieces of smoked fish and some smoked crustaceans, mm -hmm. as well as a small, uh, I don't know what it says, pack eggs. I guess he just kind of has boiled eggs and just loads them up. Pickled eggs. Much appreciated. Pickled eggs. Okay. It, I, I'm going to ask him if he has any other guests. I'm surprised by the amount of hospitality. It's very kind of him. With that, he says, I have plenty of guests. I just... Well, there's something about you guys. I suppose this happens every once in a while, but uh, even being in your presence, I feel some sort of uh, some warmth. 
You seem like really good people. I feel it's my duty as an innkeeper <laughs> and as a, a good person to do well by those who I encounter. Something about you, some sort of magnetism. Uh, I don't know, I probably sound foolish. No, no, that's not foolish. And we appreciate how kind you've been. And then he gives a nod and says, perhaps someday you'll come back. Perhaps we shall. Okay. And so with that, he gives a nod. And he says, uh, since you're not from here, if you don't mind me asking, where exactly are you headed? You seem to be in quite a rush, and I may be able to be of assistance. Our road is our own, and it can be a very dangerous one. I understand. Yeah, sometimes the less you know, the better. Well, that he gives sort of a, sort of a knowing nod, and he says, "I think I understand." We don't. If something bad turns and happens, and we we don't want to involve you in anything. Sure, sure. That really makes not, a lot of not sense. Not not planning on it, but you know. Stuff can go south. I'm gonna do an insight just to see, like, is he just being curious or nefarious? Huh. Sure, sure. And I got a sixteen. Um. So it definitely seems like the kind demeanor last night that he has been exhibiting or had exhibited rather uh, was very genuine. But this morning. He seems to be disappointed that you're hoping to hit the road quickly. It seems as if his questions are a little bit more directed than they were before. And it seems like he may know something and is looking to get certain answers from you guys. How long have you lived in this city? Is there... Anything you this recommend we see? I mean, you make a good point. This is our first time here. We are on business, but is there more? And to he see? says, well, there are certain things you may see here that you won't see in other places. Um, depends. How much time do you have to kill? How much time would you recommend? We could probably do a day. There are a few places within the city's walls that are uh, more interesting, entertaining, and uh, pleasurable. I imagine uh, you may find some comfort in the Sapphire Oasis. It's a club, special interest club, and... um. I don't want to assume much, but I think you may enjoy yourselves. Ah, it might be onto something there. You know what? Here, uh, Jarzak's going to give him three gold pieces. Hold our rooms for another night. Maybe we'll maybe we'll be back. Remember that he smiles. And Anton picks up on this smile in particular, 
It seems like he's smiling about a little something extra when he's given these gold pieces. Um, however, he answers and he says, I'm blessed to have people like you who are willing to pay well and in advance. Uh, oh, is this a side hustle? I am only wondering that. <laughs> like, does he have a side hustle? I think he's got a side hustle. So, what would the party like to do now? I don't think I want to go there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh no, nor, we're, nor, we're for nor, sure nor. just leaving. Yeah, normal suggests we still just leave. Yeah. Just in case he's on to us or something, wanted to just be like, yeah, well, we might be back tonight and pay him so that in case he's trying to rat us out or anything. I don't know. Can't trust anyone. Not in in this town. (laughs) At this point, as you guys are about to leave, um, He puts his hand to the wall as you guys are about to walk past him and sort of blocks this expanse of the hallway and says, I understand. I think a bit more than you think. I know my kind are not usually known for great intelligence, but I warn you that I can connect dots. And I know how to read. And when I see a very short dwarf attempting to reach up and grab onto papers and obfuscate one in particular, one in particular that I've looked at for months, a dwarf, an orc, a human, and yet we miss one gob. I want it known that I don't assume this is some sort of strange chance you're all traveling together. I have a feeling there's a goblin in our midst. And if you would like to have me on my good side, you would do so to show her to me. You know, I don't... I don't really know what you're talking about. Just because... We're traveling together and similar. Doesn't really mean much. We're traveling together because we're all leaders in our community and seeking aid from the leaders of the Tome Guard. So you see why it's better you tell me now rather than have your very public positions I'll be noted in some sort of grand conspiracy. The Tome Guard, if you don't know, are a very righteous and motivated bunch. I warn you that if you are not compliant now, your people may suffer later. 20,000 gold pieces is a lot of money for a hitman to take out a certain goblin. But think about how much more you'd lose if they had to put the squeeze on you when they realize how you three are connected. As an ex-bounty hunter myself, I promise you, better skilled hunters will find you. All I'm offering is aid. Can I do it, Insight? Yes. Uh, 15? 
I mean, it seems like he's being honest about this part. He's just really calling your fucking bluff. Like, you're like, I've never met a goblin in my life. He's like, I implore you to fucking trust me. And you're like, I don't even know what a goblin looks like. Like, I literally saw your short friend reach up to the five-foot place and just, like, try to, like, with his hands. And it didn't work. But, um, yeah, he definitely seems like he's trying to help you. But the tone he's taking leads you to believe he doesn't have room to, to fuck around with this. You want to help us? We we might know yeah. where a goblin is. He says, I don't need to see her. I just need you to admit it. Why require an admission? I need to know if I can help you or not. If you are three travelers, then perhaps I've given you all you need to know. But if you're three travelers with one more on a certain mission, I might be able to help you even more than that. Uh, you know, we could be, probably are, on a certain mission. He wants a guarantee for his gold. That's all. Uh, can you say that again, Anton, please? Oh my god, my stupid iPad. He <laughs> wants a guarantee for his gold. That is all. Well, guarantees are that... guarantees. I would say that if we had another traveler with us, in secret, revealing themselves would be their decision. Okay, Jack, yeah, we'll just get out of the bag. Fuck it. <laughs> and with that he Ducks in there anyway <laughs> and he claps his goliath hands together and he says i knew it i was on a good hunch on that one clica pops over all right hi i'm clica nothing, nothing is, is my is, our goliath friend <sighs> he says my name is dapnir it is nice to make your acquaintance i would recommend you climb back in that bag yeah, Clica can go back in the stinky sack. Could, could we maybe have some food for Clica? <laughs> Climb back in. Um, but that Daphneer says, I've already removed the wanted poster so the goblins. I'm going to claim that somebody took it down and it'll get them off your trail if anybody sees you and tries to triangulate it. But I warn you, any bounty hunter in the area will know of you three. So I'm telling you, Go to the Sapphire Oasis. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, I promise you, you will do well to go there first. What is the Sapphire Oasis? It's a club. If you ask to speak with Helena, just tell her you wish to drink the good water and she will know what you mean. Oh boy. How do we know that this is not a trap? Say we arrive at the Sapphire Oasis and there is a detachment of Tome Guard there waiting for us. That could be the case. Whatever it is you're doing out here, the fact that you walked in thinking that you wouldn't go unnoticed as your trio with this much money on your head, I think you might have just stepped into a trap by coming to my establishment without disguises in the first place. 
strange of you to start now thinking about your identity and thinking about what could possibly be a trap. He says, by all means, don't trust me. Go on your way. Do whatever it is you're planning on doing. Well, you think they'll notice us in other towns? Yes. And I'm afraid Shit. the closer you get towards the Citadel proper, the more they'll notice you. When a hit comes out from the Citadel itself, it is likely that many of the commanding officers will know you. With that much money up for grabs, they have been looking for you for months. So is it so? It, I, I'm about to ask the question of uh, why? Why is it so important to them to catch us? Is this something that I should know already and I've forgotten, or it will, as, as a player? Probably. I'm sure. I'm sure Kalika could probably tell you through a reasonable set of assumptions and assertions why it is she might be important, just based on what she's been told about herself. But I, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't forget something that was has already been explained. Um, so anyway, uh, Norhill will say, okay, very well. I understand your point. Now what I want to know is why. Why what? Like, what about us is worth 20,000 gold pieces to the Tome Guard? I have a feeling you're worth a lot more. But those who would be daring enough to hunt down that one and kill them and bring them to the Tome Guard, 20,000 is enough. And the Tome Guard know that. I wouldn't be surprised if she's worth a lot more gold. Perhaps upwards of the price of a kingdom. So that that only adds more weight to the question. Was there no explanation or just what was offered in the wanted poster? Somebody nailed up the poster one day, months ago. Ever since then, they've been looking. Again, all I can say is that they've been looking hard and they've been looking far. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're right now in this establishment. The best you can do for yourself is be quick while you're out here. Hmm. Well, maybe in that case, we should go out through the kitchens rather than through the front door. And with that, he gives a nod and he says, there is a back window in one of the rooms. I could definitely let you out that way. Well, then we shall take our leave. And he gives a nod. I suppose. And he says, before I let you go, I still am very curious. Why would you march right back into the center of the web where the spider hunts you? Why would you travel into the heart, into the belly of this beast? What is it you're trying to do? I mean, it's if we don't, then everyone's dead, so it doesn't really matter. For the same reason I've done everything since this business began, because I've had no other choice. Damn. Kleeko cries a single tear in the backpack. Mm. <laughs> um, but with that, he just gives sort of a nod and he says, well, whatever it is that you're planning on doing, I wish you the best of luck. Alina will have more answers for you and probably be able to offer you some more assistance.
All right. Um, well, before we go, Norhill will take off the helm of Steelbrand. You know, uh, hang that off of his belt and put on like a hood or something. Okay. Is that it from the party? Yeah. Okay. Charizard will try to put that hood too. Good. Um, with that, the uh, the innkeeper leads you guys to one of the larger rooms. Uh, knocks on the door, and as he tells you guys to stand around the corner, you guys can overhear him say, "I'm afraid there's been a an infestation detected in the rooms in this hallway, and." I offer you my sincerest apologies, but you're going to have to leave the room. And with that, somebody just lets out a couple of expletives and walks out of the room, storming down the hallway. Um, as they do so, Daphneer shows his head around the corner and says, Go, we don't have much time. And as you guys are led to this room, there is a large window open, and in the back of it, it seems to be an alleyway behind the building. We hop out. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, so the party are in an alleyway just off of the main street here. Still, you guys can see the towers of the fort in the distance, in the center of the town. Um, what would you like to do? We get instructions uh, for how to get to the Sapphire Oasis. Yeah, it's on the outskirts of the town, way to the north by the uh, the northern gate. Um, it's sort of sequestered far enough away from everything uh, decent. Which direction did we enter town through? The eastern gate. Sorry? The eastern gate. Okay. Uh, so then Norhill is going to suggest that we get to the north by kind of circling around to the west. Taking the longest route, so cutting straight through and just all the way around? Yeah, basically, you know, take three left turns at one point just to make sure we're not being tailed, that sort of thing. Okay. Jar uh, or click is gonna message Jarzak at some point. Uh, okay. Just, um, do we or do you know invisibility, Jarzak? Because I don't remember if you took that spell. At any point. I know you have fly, but I don't know. Nope. Okay. I couldn't remember if you turned invisible law on this character or not. Um so can I get a perception check from everybody except for Klika? Now that's gonna be a natural one for Norhill. He's too busy uh trying to reenact Mission Impossible. He hasn't really gotten the grasp of having a hood on. It's just <laughs> over his eyes the entire time, and he's just like, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> Even though he's used to wearing a helmet. <laughs> Jarsek also has his hood pulled too far down with his six. Rolled a three. All right, what, uh, what about Anton? What did you get? Twelve. Okay. So as the party take the sort of the three left turns to make a right uh, approach to getting to the Sapphire Oasis, 
Um, Anton notices at one point as you're sort of meandering through one of the markets inside the city and walking along the coast on the boardwalk, um, you can tell as you turn around to take a good view of the uh, the ocean um, that it seems like there is a trio of individuals in dark cloaks similar to your own following behind you at about 100 or so feet away. And judging by the fact that they don't seem to be doing anything other than walking in your general direction, not engaging in the market, not getting out to the boats, not doing any of that stuff, it seems to catch you a little bit like by surprise. And as the party continue around to the far end of the boardwalk, the same three are still behind you. You have some shadows. And that gives Norhill and Dorzak a heads up. Hmm. Uh, how do you think we are to shake these shadows? Well, there's always the option of splitting up and hopefully we each find our way to where we need to go. Yeah, it probably would have helped if we did that to start with, though. No, no, I think they predicted that. Otherwise, there wouldn't be exactly three of them. We could also stop and confront them, or we could just keep going where we're going. Yeah, I guess let's get to the club as fast as we can. Okay. So the party sort of double-time it at this point. Um, as the party double time it and try to hurry without being like suspiciously just sprinting through yeah the yeah fucking I, I wouldn't say we here. run or anything we're just gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. stop with the different turns and just go straight for the club you notice that the trio are no longer following you as you turn back after about 30 minutes of this jog um after about another 30 minutes you guys appear to have reached the far northern gate and you can see one of the larger businesses, even larger than the tavern that you stayed at, um, the Sapphire Oasis. Um, it is a very ostentatiously designed building with stained glass windows in the front and sort of a large awning hanging out front with a group of light blue and darker blue tassels sort of dangling, making sort of like a curtain in front of the door. Hmm. Uh, Norville's going to try to clock whether or not there are any guards watching the building. Okay. Were you going to roll anything for that, or just peek? Uh, I mean, uh, I was, yeah, I was, I was waiting to see if, yeah, you would say rolling anything in particular. Hey, no, no, you, you don't have to roll anything in particular. Okay. If you're just glancing, because of your proximity to the northern gate, there's definitely like a group of six guards over there. And they seem to be just having a general conversation. People at the posts above the gate itself, like the actual like vantage points up there, um, they are also just kind of scanning the city as well. So you guys are always within vision of the guards, but it doesn't seem like they're like, you know, directly in front of you or anything. Charles, that will dip into the the club okay so we'll follow a couple seconds after same okay so as jarzak approaches and opens the front door uh within is a pretty burly looking human who gives you sort of a glance um as you walk into the sort of like foyer kind of little entryway place and he looks to jarzak quick and he says whoa whoa now 
if you're looking to get in here, I gotta ask you a couple questions first. Yeah, what's up? Are you looking for a good time, or are you looking for some rest? Uh, I'm I'm looking for Helena. And with that, he gives sort of a, a kind of a chuckle, and he says, "Oh, sure. Let me just go get a Helena for you." Uh, looks down, sees your metal arm, or at least your hand, and then looks up, sees your creepy, grisly face and your giant backpack shaped like a goblin. And then with that, he just um, he uh, says, "I uh, don't really know what qualifies you to go demanding the owner come forward, but uh, <laughs> I'll think about it." Oh, uh, we were. So we're... Sent, we were sent by one of one of the friends. Oh, you gotta well, ask for the thing he said to ask for. It should surprise you that she's got lots of friends. She's a very charismatic lady. So again, I ask: Are you here for a good time, or are you here for some rest? I think we're here for some good water. Pro probably a good time. That he just looks kind of perplexed by what Anton says, and he says, "Uh, is that a weird euphemism for booze?" I, I think, I think so. I don't, I don't really get that. It's a little so, early yeah, in the I... morning to be drinking, but I respect it. You know, not everybody works on the clock of the Tome Guard. All right, come on in. And as okay. he opens the door behind him, inside is a is a well, for lack of a better term. It's uh, a club with individuals who may dance. Uh, it's a very exotic club, one that smells very uh, pungently of odd herbs. Uh, the air seems stained with the scents of sweet wines um, and ale that have just been out for too long. The flora that seem to be growing inside of this chamber give it a beautiful look and the small fountain in the center of where there seems to be a few landings for people to stand upon and <clears throat> exotically dance. This place is a pretty nice-looking place. As far as a club goes, this looks like somebody has created a kingdom out of an entertainment. You know what I mean? Um, and to the other side, to the right, you guys can see something of a full bar and a few tables. Uh, it doesn't seem like anybody else is here, uh, like at all. There's nobody dancing or performing or anything, and there's nobody drinking. Instead, there's one single person behind the bar, uh, and she seems to be just an attractive human lady. Jarzak will go up to her and Hey, are you Helena? With that, she says, no, I'm, uh, I'm certainly not Helena, but, uh, what uh, brings you here asking for her? I can't say I've honestly ever seen your face before. Or oh. yours. Looking at Nora Hill, whose face is half obscured by a hood. And then looks over Wait. at Anton and says, or yours, really. We had a mutual friend tell us to come on down here. Huh. Which mutual friend would that be? The proprietor of the Ill Frog. Uh, he said this place came very highly recommended. And with that, she makes sort of like a Oh, face. And she nods a couple times and she says, you know, with a name like the Ill Frog, it just you've just never seen a frog before that you would assume is ill. And so it really kind of sticks in your head a little bit. But I think Dapner is a bit of a rube, but um, either way, he's a nice guy. He sent you here? Yep. 
Seems an odd time in the morning to be drinking. Were you drinking over at Daphne's place too? Uh, or did he have uh, the uh, did he have the wits not to serve you at uh, the crack of dawn? Not not this morning. Last night we were, but we it is a little early. early. We didn't really have a chance to enjoy ourselves. Um uh, th- th- that's why he said that we ought to try the good water. He definitely told uh, us to just ask the one person, not everybody, by the way. Well, I mean, you know, nobody knows. <laughs> okay. Just walking up to the guards, I'm here to drink some good water. Yeah. Just talking to the pigeons. You guys uh, know where I could find some good water? But um, with that, she gives you sort of a nod and makes eye contact with all three of you all of a sudden, um, which is difficult to do with just two eyeballs. Uh, but she makes eye contact with each individual one of you, and she says, I, uh... Suppose I'll get Helena. I guess there is some good water to drink in this place. And with that, she leaves and goes behind the uh, curtains to the back. And after a moment, a woman with silvery hair comes walking out. She's very lithe and very uh, beautiful, I would say. But she seems to be on the cusp of like 60 years old. Um, When she comes out and gets a good look at you guys, she... uh, I don't want to say this. She gives you a look as if she's sizing you up, sort of like a, a tiger sizing up prey. Um, as she stands behind the bar, she gives you all a look and she says, I heard you're here to purchase a drink or two. Are you Helena? The very same. I am the proprietor of this fine establishment and I am the knower of many things and the dealer of many waters. Yeah, we I, we're sent here by a mutual friend. Uh, we're looking to drink the good water. Ah. Very well. Perhaps you should come with me. I don't serve the good water out front. Wouldn't wouldn't mm-hmm. expect you to. With that, she sort of uh, looks to the uh, guard at the, uh, the entrance here, the foyer, and gives him a quick nod and exchanges some hand signals back and forth between the two of them. He gives a nod, and he walks back into the other side of the uh, foyer, closes the door, and you hear a heavy thunk, as if a deadbolt has been dragged across the door. And with that, she points to the curtain where she had just come from, and she says, Go ahead. Jarzak goes in. Yeah, Norville goes right in. Hanson goes in. And so with that, as you guys start heading into the uh, the back area over here, she knocks three times, then twice, then four times on a wall. The wall slides open, and another guard, who looks nearly identical to the one at the entrance, stands on the other side. She gives him a nudge, and he moves aside, and a stairwell leads down into a basement. You can see in the basement that a strange blue light seems to be wavering, as if uh, sort of reflected upon water surface. Um, she points down there and she says, the good water waits downstairs. If you are truly to be customers, go on down. Jarzak rolls the dice, goes down. It's going down. So as you guys start going down into here, uh, you can hear the sort of uh, dull murmuring voices of people in the basement. And as you round the corner, what you see before you is a room about the same size as the upstairs areas um, with a similar layout with like room for performers. 
as well as some tables for table games, as well as another full bar. Um, beyond that, there is what appears to be sort of a storefront of sorts. And this room seems to be swarming with, uh, how do I say this? Ne'er-do-wells, if ever one could judge a book by its cover. There are any number of guards standing down here. And I only say that because they seem to be armed and whatnot. But as you guys around the corner and go to enter this place where the blue light of magical candles seems to reverberate on water's surface, giving this place a sapphire oasis sort of feel, she looks uh, to you guys and points to one of the guards and says, go ahead. And as the guard approaches with his hands out, he says, I'm going to need to see your weapons. Uh, Norhill will hand over the hook hammer and the shark tooth throwing axe. Okay. Anybody else giving over their gear? I'm not giving over the lanterns. Charzak will hand over his crossbow. He doesn't have any of the other weapons out, so they're... (laughs) I don't think I have any, like, weapons out. Like, maybe I'll give him the... I don't even... You, I'm pretty sure you have a giant sword attached to your waist. Yeah, but it only is the hilt, so there's a sunblade. It'll be very awkward when he goes to hit the button and it extends like a lightsaber into your head. <laughs> um, oh, I don't want to give him that. Um, I know. I can give him the crossbow. Maze. Yeah, I mean, they'll take all the observable weapons. Um, if you guys are looking to withhold any weapons, you do have to tell me that much. Jarzak, I'm gonna withhold uh, has the, the... the hilt and the staff. Okay, yeah, the staff's not really a weapon. It would be kind of I... funny if you broke it hitting somebody, though. Um, does they look askance at the war pick? Um, I mean, the, the guy who you handed to gives it a sort of look over, and the woman helena seems to give a couple of chuckles under her breath as you hand it over as you guys hand over a small military cache of weapons the uh, other guard standing nearby says i need to look through your bags um i'm right. like mm, i don't want good water that much <laughs> Yeah, and anything sketchy Nor Norhill wears on his person, so his bag his bag is fine to be searched. Uh Jarzak's so gonna start turn to Helena and be like mm, No offense, but uh my bag might want to be searched in private. Well that she sort of gives a, a strange eyebrow y look. And as she does Oh sick. She looks to you and she says, Jarzak, I don't think that you need to hide her from me. I know much. All right, well, she knows her name. Jarzak opens his bag up. Glika comes popping out. Ta-da! Glika's stuck in there, Mission (laughs) Impossible style. (laughs) Yeah, just flips it upside down, holding her her, feet and hands. She's pushing back so she doesn't fall out. Don't have much in here. I will climb out of the bag really unceremoniously. And with that, she uh, sort of gives a couple nods and she says, I had a feeling. 
I knew Dapner would send you right into my hands. But question is what to do with you now that I've got you here. You can have your weapons back. And with that, the guards uh, sort of like, you know, obey the command and immediately begin to hand over your things. Um, uh, an another <laughs> like lengthy, laborious process. Um, at this point, um, she says, welcome to the true oasis. My question is, what is your business looking for good water in this city? I have many amenities to offer those who are friends of the uh, Seven Palms. But my question is, why would Daphnir send you straight to me? Is there something you need? You, you know, I'm wondering that myself. He, he didn't really say. He said we should probably, like, not be so in plain sight. But I, I don't know what coming here will do for that. Could could you get us into Shield Vale? That a few people begin to laugh as as you say that out loud, and uh, with that, one of the guards just kind of like you know shoves the other guard as they are cracking up to the point of you know splitting sides on this one. And Helena like starts tells laughing him to too. knock it off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Helena tells him to knock it off, <laughs> and she says. I'm sorry, your plan is to enter Shield Vale? I know much of you. I didn't think I'd see you all in the flesh, and I've got to tell you. I'm happy to have such bold customers enter a place such as this. Is it your plan to go straight to the Citadel and kill those who would put a bounty on your head? I have got to tell you, I have never seen such bold stupidity. And to come oh, here and bold. ask... Uh, that's a great idea. Why don't we just do that, guys? No, Clicka doesn't want to hurt any of the Tome Guard. They want to hurt in, you. In fact, I would even hazard to say that we have no real quarrel with the Tome Guard. Yeah, hmm. just because someone wants to hurt Clicka doesn't mean Clicka needs to hurt them back. No, because I'll hurt them back for you. So yeah, you don't have to. So that need she just sort of to the amenities of Shield Vale. And with that, she gives kind of a, a queer look to you and she says, I'm afraid I don't know what you're referring to. Long lost secrets, extraplanar teleportation, that sort of thing. With that, she looks puzzled by this and looks like very, uh, how does she's lapping up every word of information you have to offer her. And she sort of inquires further and says, I'm afraid that you cannot end with just that. What exactly are you seeking specifically? I um, understand, miss, my hesitation to say outright, because it could be very dangerous. Well, for Not what it's worth, you're dealing with individuals who have made quite a living off of hunting down and killing Tomeguard. We are the sorts of people who have made quite a living out here, undermining that which they have done and that which they have said. The fact you have come to me directly is interesting. The fact you could get that close to Shield Veil, that is enticing. 
Well, I think you would do well to tell me what you know, and I can tell you perhaps what I know. Not hard to get close to places when you can fly. True, but it is hard to get to places when they have those damned medallions. She walks over to the counter where the storefront is, grabs a strange sort of glass-looking disc, and holds it up. And she says, have you seen one of these yet? Have we? I don't think so. No, okay. We have not been in Fujeri long at all. She holds it up, and as you look through it, it almost looks like those stupid little optical illusion glasses that do like the weird wavering effect when you look through them. She holds mm -hmm. it up and she says, The Tome Guard utilize these. They nullify magical effects. If you wish to try to fly, and happen to fall victim to one of these, I think you're going to have a much shorter trip down than you think. All the more reason to find people who can help us enter Shieldville by other means. Well, I can offer you a few things, but it will not be free. What's the cost? Well, it depends how much you want. I've already offered you quite a bit. By offering my services. My question is how will you repay me now? Uh, it, so, it I really suppose depends. the first thing that we could do is answer your questions. That seems like a great start. What is it you seek? We seek... An abandoned teleportation circle within Shield Vale. With that, she gives a very puzzled look for just one split second, and then seems to crack it like a whip out of her face so that she doesn't appear to be interested in any way. And with that, she just kind of nods knowingly and says, Ah, I see. Well, we have gathered much in these... Wonderful fort-based military cities. You see, when you are led by goons who deal in magical wares and police the magic that we have, there's a lot of magic to go around. Unfortunately, none of us are silver-banded. And so, we deal them in the darkness. She points over to the storefront. She says, we have acquired many things. Scrolls, weapons, potions... I could sell you some of these, albeit at a bit of an increased cost. You're friends, so I won't double the price or anything silly like that. But let it be known that if ever it comes back that you bought these things from me, I don't know you. And your last day of life may be coming soon. Are we understood? Klika uh, wants to know, what's a silver bandit? And with that, she kind of shifts her head back and forth, and she points to the guy behind the counter. And she sees a silver band wrapped around the man's throat. Single, very thin band, almost the width of your pinky. And it's just like a circlet that wraps around his throat. And she says, that sort of band is one that's given out very specifically to only particular individuals 
who get the proper paperwork and authority from the Tome Guard themselves to practice magic within Fazeri. Unfortunately, the reality of the Silver Band is, if you were to be practicing magic outside of your allocated areas, perhaps casting spells in the city or maybe defending yourself, hell, maybe you just cast a spell to pick up some dust. I don't want to know what's on the receiving end of the band, but from what I've heard of rumors of those foolish enough to cast spells while wearing them, their head becomes a bit more complicated and a bit more unrecognizable. It's a way of keeping track of those who would cast magic outside of the Tome Guard's own walls. Just for picking up dust? Kalika says worriedly. Tome Guard have made quite a name for themselves as practitioners and explorers of magic, but their rigid grasp over those who would try to cast magic in their, their dominion, well... It's how they monopolize on the magics that they have. So, because you're not silver-banded, I highly recommend you don't cast magics anywhere where anybody could see it. But, if you guys are here in order to procure more information, I'm sure some people inside of my network could help you. If it is the case that you need to procure some goods to help you on your travels, I'm sure I could also offer you such things. So tell me, what can I do for you? Well, like, maybe do you have disguises? Or something that will help us. We really need to get into Shield Veil. So that's pretty much the only thing we're here for. She gives sort of a nod and she says, We have many scrolls and potions. And I'm sure if you truly needed it, we could probably come up with something to help you out. And she walks you over to the storefront. She mentions what it is you're looking for, and the man with the silver band looks to you with a very, uh, how do I say this, colorful grin as he's missing a lot of his teeth, and he's got a black eye, some scars on his face, but he slides a scroll over from underneath the counter, and he says, This scroll will do wonders to alter how you appear. Sort of a magical disguise of sorts. It's not going to turn us into elves, is it? I really hope it turns us into elves. He says, no, but I have a potion that does that. <laughs> we'll take four. Yeah. <laughs> four of them. But, uh... Yeah, so he says, I could let you have this scroll for 300 gold pieces? Can Klika read the scroll? Yeah, you'd Do be able to read it. What is? What spell is it? This guy's self. Uh, is it just one cast of it? Yeah, just one scroll? Yeah. Well, that would get... I, I think that, for me, would make a world of difference. Because it's got 
it, it might be kind of obvious with an orc. It's a war. And he would rather just change his clothes. He, he would rather not cast a spell. You know, the real part of playing a human in a campaign like this is you don't have to disguise yourself when you're a goblin. You know, mm-hmm. you're just a human. You just kind of look like yeah, every guy. I think I'm just going to change my clothes. I'll just look like a. Oh. On an I'm with stupid shirt. You're just a <laughs> just a tourist. Oh. But I with that even afford to buy the scroll. Yeah. Trizak has the money for that. And with that, seeing that you're willing to pay the money, the shopkeeper says, I think we may have a very good relationship. I perhaps could Lower the price if you'd like to purchase more. Well, what else How do, many you, do have? you have? Yeah, what else do you have? Says, I have a few scrolls, but it depends on what it is you're attempting to do. Are you looking to infiltrate a place? I know you're trying to hide yourself, but. What exactly are you looking to do? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. We're looking to infiltrate. Yeah, I may be able to help you with a few more scrolls. I have a scroll that may help you win the hearts of those foolish enough to listen to you. A charming scroll, perhaps a scroll that would create the dead silence. Perhaps. Does this interest you? Yes, go on. I also have one scroll, a prized scroll of mine, that would render you as unsealable as the wind. Invisibility, if you will. Okay, now you're now you're, you're talking my lingo with those three. But I'm afraid everything else is perhaps not as helpful. I could give you a scroll to create small illusions of this sort or something other, but again, I only offer solutions. Well, How it much would help if we knew a little bit more about where we're going? Is there a person around here who we should ask about information? Well, for that you may want to talk to Helena Right. Ooh, how, ooh. how much total for the three scrolls? Or well, four? He gives you sort of a, a kind look and he says, well, I suppose it would depend. <sighs> the, well, one, carry the two. I suppose you said the four scrolls? Yeah. Yeah, the, th- the three on top of the first one. You seem like friendly people. I'll give it to you for fifteen hundred gold pieces. Platinum if you have it. Or I'm also willing to take gemstones. I've got a pretty good fence over there in the port who's willing to send these over to Escabellum. Can't come down on that price a little. Oh, I don't know how I'm much already giving you quite you a discount. 
Well, that's the thing. Those who know are willing to pay a, pay a fair price, and I suppose I assumed you all could as well. If you don't have the coin, I suppose we could limit our purchase. But what about other items in trade besides coin and gemstones? And what you have? Uh, we're we're good, Norhill. Uh, Jarzak will hand over five hundred gold worth of gems, twenty gems, and a uh, thousand gold. Oh, Norhill was already with the sales pitch to try to sell the alchemy jug. <laughs> no, we have <laughs> the mayonnaise jug. We have no, the money. We need that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll um, delete that from my so inventory. That, <laughs> his eyes light up as he hands over the scroll of charm person, the scroll of disguise self, the uh, scroll of a minor illusion, the scroll of uh, silence, and the scroll of invisibility. He hands over the scroll of Minor Illusion and he smiles again with his little toothy grin and he says, I know you didn't ask for this one, but I think you'd do well to have it. Perfect. Thank you. So, as you guys go back over to speak with Helena about perhaps uh, getting more information on this place, Helena tells you, I know of one person who has been talking a lot about how much he knows of the inside of Shieldvale. He comes here often, and I warn you, he's a strange individual. He's one of those devil-born, a tiefling. He's a strange one. He's been talking about Shieldvale in the fort ever since he got here a few weeks ago, and when he comes in here, he's usually drunk or something else it's hard to say really but he hasn't been much trouble he's just well complicated he talked a lot about how he had some sort of information said he was willing to trade us for money and for a team to enter the place seems a little strange to me but it depends on what information is worth to you Well, it sounds like a good lead as any as we're going to get. Agreed. And if it is the case you are infiltrating this place, I'm sure you could probably hire somebody from my network. I don't imagine any of you are too equipped to handle such a task, and I have a lot of friends who are. You couldn't tell. Not exactly used to this cloak and dagger business. Think I'm pretty sneaky. Yeah, I must have just... She didn't even introduce herself to these people. Yeah, good job, Kleeka. <laughs> they'll never know. Yeah, Tarzak usually just takes people's heads. Like, I don't, I don't know about this. Cloak and dagger. Orphan. Axe and metal gauntlet kind of person, but... Okay. So she explains to you that the tiefling's name is Beryl. Uh, or Beryl, rather. Beryl. No, not Beryl. Beryl. I can read my own notes. It's okay. Um, but says that Beryl is usually here at the nighttime, and he usually ends up uh, drinking more than he can afford, and they sort of feel bad for him before kicking him out. And it's still like first thing in the morning, isn't it? True. 
Well, do you mind if we impose upon your hospitality to wait for this barrel? We're clearly wanted individuals walking out about town in the open. Doesn't seem like a good idea. Doesn't. But I would be happy to have you all as guests. If you'd like, you can stay down here in the oasis, or you may go upstairs. Oh, we'll probably stay down here. Click is going to grab a drink from the bar and go gamble. <laughs> oh, boy. Nice. nice. Yeah. Okay. So, um, maybe find, I mean, if maybe find like some nice too. fancy cigarettes, chain smoking and drinking. I mean, I will say they are smoking quite a lot of exotic herbs down here. Uh, the air is sort of minty and sweet. It's stale again, and the smoke kind of burns your eyes a little bit being down here. But yeah, they offer you a drink on the house just because you're friends of the Seven Palms. But um, yeah, the drink itself, it seems like it's some sort of a Shamlin cocktail, sort of something like that wild berry beverage, which you didn't have before. But it definitely, uh, it's it's pretty strong. Um, but yeah, if you'd like to play your hand gambling, I mean, you could uh, roll me one of the uh, mental stats and we'll see how well you do in a bluffing dice game. Hell yeah, let's go. Jarzak would be playing too, by the way. Oh man, they're going to play um, live dice, aren't they? Yeah, essentially. Click could try default game. Flight of hand to cheat, this will go well. I'm trying to cheat playing this game. <laughs> I got better odds there. Uh, so just a flat wisdom, intelligence, or charisma roll. Yeah. Would you consider constitution a mental stat? I would like to know what you're willing to wager right now. Uh, Clicka will put down 434 silver pieces. Jarzak will put down 100 gold. Kind of a difference here, but yeah. Double. I'm just getting okay. the nice even numbers on my money sheet, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not expecting to win. Very well. Okay. Well, I've got yeah. my roll. That's an Go 11. I mean, I did just roll and got a 21, so I'm pretty sure that's an auto win, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so with that, Klika loses all the silver pieces, and Jarzak yeah. takes the pot. Uh, dealer pays uh, the uh, the uh, match there, uh, hundred gold pieces back to Jarzak, and Klika loses all those silver pieces. Thank God. Now, uh, Klika is going to bet forty-eight gold slowly over the rest of the day. Very good. Fully expecting to lose it all. Jeez. Jarzak but, will give Kleeka yeah. his 20 uh, Electrum he has for some reason that he doesn't want. How did you Why don't we get Electrum? Directly over just to 10 gold. Let's just translate that right over. Yeah. Even the dealer is just like, what the fuck are those? <laughs> and then he exchanges <laughs> it immediately. I don't know, they've been in my pocket for years. No, I have nice even numbers for all my money now. I'm not taking your 10 gold. Okay, I don't want fine. it. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
like that weird feeling where you pay for something with a dollar coin, but you feel like you're trying to rip off the cashier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What'd you get, Jarzak? Oh, we're going again. Yeah, Jarzak would double down and do 200. Let me roll. Nice. Uh, 10. <laughs> you got 10? Yeah. Well, got he takes it. your 200 and he takes Klika's. Uh, how much did you say? 48 gold? Yeah, that she was just going to sort of gamble. I, I fully assume I'm going to lose all this money. Klika doesn't really mind. She's just having fun with the games. Very well. <laughs> okay, so um, I would say that you guys probably spend a few hours doing this. Uh, after a while, a couple of dancers come out, um, a man and a woman, and they perform something of an exotic dance. That playfully seems like like a ballet of sorts, but there seems to be a little bit more passion and sultry activity in the dance moves. Um, the music that accompanies it is sort of strange and alien from what you guys are used to, as it seems like there's sort of a small concert of flutes playing in the background with one small sort of barely looking flute that didgeridoos its way underneath with a droning sound. Overall, it's rather enchanting, and it seems to move you guys emotionally as you watch the very emotional display of passion on stage. Um, after a few hours, one of the men who's been gambling with you guys buys you all a meal. And brings it over and just assuming that you guys aren't from around here brings you another cultural dish it seems like it's sort of like a a fish that's been prepared in a vinaigrette of sorts um it's raw but pickled so it's not really raw anymore it smells very citrusy it doesn't seem like it leans hard into like a smelly fish smell it seems like it's just like a very brined sort of uh, uh, uh fish um those who eat it, it's definitely pungent. It's not very good, but Jarzak really likes it. Oh, are you guys not going to finish your fish? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, Klika's enjoying it. Um, Klika would like to ask around about the seven palms and who they are. So People have that... said that a few times, and we have no idea who that is. Yeah. Alina sort of uh, answers it for you so that you don't draw the uh, ang the anger of anybody around. But it's something of a, quote-unquote, selective group of professionals who specialize in the pilfering of ill-gotten gains. Um, it's a thieves' guild, and chilling down here in the basement, you seem to be completely and utterly surrounded by members or enforcers of said guild. So, you know, being like, who the heck are they? It's like going to a biker gang and be like... Like, who drives a Harley? Like, they just might not. You know what I mean? They probably take a little... More like Hell's Lame Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I just laugh like um, that. At this point, the uh, the kitchen brings out another small dish. Uh, it's something like fried scallions, where they're just like a giant like popcorn bowl filled with a fried and salted just like piles of tiny little scallion rings. Um, they're crunchy and very light, and the flavor is somewhere between salty and sesame. But it's, it's again, it's very nice. Yeah, Click is just enjoying her drinks, having some smokes, constantly just betting when one gold on a dice game, where it seems like, by all odds, she should win at least once and losing every time. <laughs> Eating her salty snacks. Like, I just she's, like she's that Jarzak came in. 
She's like, uh, I was gonna say she's like sitting on like a stool, like on her butt, and then she has the cigarette in her monkey paw, and she's rolling the dice with one of the monkey paws. And she's holding the drink with the her regular hand, and she's eating the scallions with the other hand, and she's really enjoying herself. Just over here, just munching like, what the fuck is a seven palm anyway? <laughs> just. Just a nuisance, like hi, I'm a nuisance. Um, <laughs> like it's but, incredible uh, okay. that she hasn't won once. <laughs> um, I will say, if you are going to partake in smoking some of the more colorful herbal cigarettes that they have down here, um, you will have to do a Constitution saving throw. Yeah, I got that. Which, luckily, I mean that's Klika's, you know, jam. You know, you might not win in gambling, but you're sure going to smoke the hell out of this doobie. Yep, 26. Yeah, there you go. So, Klika is able to get the best uh, ride out of smoking the <laughs> strange herbs down here in the basement. Hell yeah. Um, the, the burning sensation you feel on your tongue for a bit resolves to sort of a malty, kind of thick feeling on your tongue. But it resolves even more to a kind of a fuzzy, warm feeling that you get in your body. But it sort of resolves itself with giving you a bit of mental clarity. Oddly enough, this seems more like an upper than a downer. And Klika feels a heightened sense of enjoyment eating these munchy, salty, crunchy snacks. As <laughs> the munchies Very are satiated. sweet drink. <laughs> yeah, just eating a <laughs> just eating Mountain Dew and Funyuns, but fantasy flavored. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know Klika has officially gone goblin mode, and uh, really I think going... I'm here for it. She's smoking cigarettes out of her <laughs> monkey feet, and eating Funyuns, throwing dice. <laughs> She has officially gone goblin mode. But luckily, this comes to an end um, as the uh, evening seems to roll in. Uh, one of the the women who was running the bar this morning comes downstairs, speaks to Helena, and Helena approaches and says that uh, Baril has apparently entered, uh, and he seems to be in a very foul mood. Sounds like the perfect time to speak to the man. Yeah, that's fine. Clicker will cheer him up. Yep. Uh, sure. <laughs> Stumbles off the stool. Can't remember which ones are for walking and which ones are for holding. <laughs> Jarzak just picks Clica up so that Clica can just keep holding everything still. There we go. So who? So is the entire party going upstairs? Yeah, this is what uh, Nor Norhill's has been kind of waiting for this, I guess. Hey, Klika, might need to go back in the bag. Jarzak's gonna turn to Helena and be like, "Is she good to be up there?" Or, and she says, "The upstairs is open to the public. Yeah, whatever nope. happens up there is outside of my true control." Clicks, we're gonna need you to stay here. Oh, Jarzak gives Klika ten gold. Keep playing, have fun. Klika slaps another gold piece on the table, <laughs> throws some more dice. Okay, right, why don't we roll for that real quick? We'll just see what happens. I got a three, by the way, so I have a feeling you might actually win this hand or right, foot. <laughs> Do I want to do intelligence, wisdom, or charisma? That's the real choice here. Yeah, no, the real storyline is upstairs waiting. And you're like, hmm, I got a six one minus one, five. It was pretty close. <laughs> See, 
You really reluctantly win 10 gold back. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> so now you're at 20, so how about yeah. that very unpleasant number on top? Now I need okay. to either win or lose. I need to lose 20 or win 5 so I can be at a nice interval here. It's fine. No, I'm going to leave you with that pain just because you've been I a know. nuisance in this place. <laughs> so, um... Would that the uh, trio go upstairs? I imagine Anton's coming too. Yeah, he's coming. Okay. So uh, once we... you guys come upstairs and pop up behind the curtain, uh, the lady at the bar sort of points a finger across the room to a man who has short, squat, and stumpy horns on his forehead. But for all intents and purposes, he looks much like a normal human being. Um, he seems to be wearing sort of a traveler's garb, and he itches at his neck. I don't want to say frequently, but he scratches at it twice in the time it takes you to walk anywhere near his table. The lady at the uh, bar asks you if you'd like to buy him a drink or something like that to sort of bridge the gap. Yep. She says uh-huh. that he's pretty mad because he doesn't have any money to buy any drinks. Can I right. buy him some moisturizer? He looks like he's itchy. I will buy two drinks for him. <laughs> and then drink them in front of him. <laughs> I have everything and you have nothing. So the um okay. So as you do so, um the lady at the counter gives a nod knowing that you're friends of the club, so she just gives it to him. She doesn't charge you one bit for it. Uh they bring it over to him and he sees both of the drinks and his face it lights up in a very strange happy looking look. Again, even though Klika's clearly going goblin mode, this man looks like he's going goblin mode as well. <laughs> and not the good side of it. He just looks with a very ugly little grin, and the lady who brought the drinks to him points over to you three, sitting at the bar, and he gives sort of a happy nod, and immediately glugs both of them, and walks directly over to the bar towards you three. So, as he does so and approaches, he puts hands onto your shoulders, and says, I, I'm, I'm Beryl. I, I thank you for the drinks. No problem. I don't, I don't think anyone should go without a drink. He says, or two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that's, if you haven't had one, then you need two, you know? I need more. And we need information. Damn, so let's that make was a, a deal. Just fucking just starts. You can get your drinks in a second, drunkie. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, he says, "Info." Oh, oh, I have information. I have plenty of information. We only want accurate stuff. Them. If you, even if you don't know what we're asking, just don't lie. We'll buy you the drink still. Says you are very kind. What is it you want to know? I have very little, but I have much in the ways of information. I've been out here for a long time, and I've seen many things. Uh, because we're at the bar right now. Uh, Jarzak's gonna probably try to find a table in the corner or something to go talk. Uh, let's take this elsewhere, and he'll order okay. another drink on the way over too for him. Cool. And with that, he slurps it down and puts it back on the bar before even leaving it. 
And as he goes and sits down in the corner, he starts scratching at his neck again. And with that, he says, So, what is it you want to know about? We, we need information on Shieldvale. I know a lot about Shieldvale. Well, yes. That's why we're talking to you. Good. Well, I can tell you a lot. But, unfortunately, drinks will get yeses and noes. But real information? I'm coming with you. You, you want to go to Shieldvale? Yes. For what? I don't see any armor on you, and I sure don't see Tomeguard outfits either. You're going to Shieldvale for certain reasons, I'm sure. Me too. Is it the same reason? I don't know. That's information you have, and I'm not buying you drinks. Oh, okay, yeah, true. Jarzak's like, damn it, I'm so fucking stupid. <laughs> Jarzak yeah, goes to look to find someone to buy him drinks. <laughs> gives real sad eyes to Anton and Norhill. Um, he says, I can offer yeses and I can offer noes. But unfortunately, what I truly know, I'll have to show you in person. How much for your services? Money will do nothing. Drinks satiate only so much. What I want is in Shieldvale. Okay, do you need our help to get what you want? Or are you good on yes. your own? I've tried many times to get in, but I don't have the skills to do so. I want a book in the library. He scratches his neck. I need it. A book? Oh, that shouldn't... We can go to the library. We've been to, we've been to one of those. He says, yes, but there's a very specific book in a very specific library with inside the walls of Shieldvale. And I'll have it. Yeah, you got a deal. It's like, what? Wait, wait, really? That's it? Oh, like, what? What? I mean, what is this book? Are you gonna try and end the world with it? Like, no? Then that's not my business. Jarzak is a good man, you know. He's like, listen, buddy. If you're not trying to kill me, we're friends, okay? Listen. Yeah, like it. <laughs> okay, world-ending book. Is that what this is? Do I he says no, I'm afraid somebody rented that one. <laughs> it's like thinking that Norhill and Anton have not said a single word this entire time and are just sitting there yeah. sober as a as a as a priest just staring at these two idiots having a conversation. <laughs> just I mean, watching Jarzak sign is them up for this. More like watching the crowd and making sure nobody gets too close to the table. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just think it's funny that Jarzak's writing this check right now and just you two are both just victims on this roller coaster ride. Like you are buckled <laughs> in. Like there's no hey, it's, it's not a world ending book. Like who you know Norhill will sort of you know chime in, you know, just you know talking back a little bit while still keeping an eye on the crowd and says, Well before we begin making promises we cannot keep. 
What can you tell us about Shield Vale specifically? What is the size of its garrison? Uh, the overall, you know, the size of the fortress. Like, uh, what what can we expect? How difficult will it be to penetrate? Yeses and noes. Will it be difficult to penetrate? And he slides a drink in front of him. Well, what? Is it? Yes. It'll is, be very difficult. Is the it place over... is locked up. Oh, it's locked up. Okay. Is it over double the size of this place, this town? It is a fortress. It is not bigger than the city, but it is a pretty sizable fortress. There is an open garden in the center of this square building. There is an opening to the heavens above. If you were to fly in like a bird, you could land in the heart of the place. But I'm afraid you'd go well noticed. I know a few entrances, but they're not pleasant. What sort of unpleasant are we talking? Crawling through sewers unpleasant? Or fighting our way through hideous monsters unpleasant? One or the other. Those are two options. I know how to get into the sewers. I tried to get in there, but I met with the wrong side of a few of the soldiers, if you catch my drift. Oh, they beat me unmerciful. He holds up his hand, which is black, blue, and purple, and he's just like, I still haven't well recovered. <laughs> Do you want me to... Oh, I can't heal him. Can you... you could. Yeah, it's not arcane. <laughs> Yeah, yeah but cool. you know, it's also very visible, very visibly yeah, doing magic. Can't do it. Damn it, never mind. And it just feels bad because he keeps thinking about at the end of the day, we still have to figure out a soul. Excuse this guy. Uh, before you. This going to be the one we sacrifice? Oh. So Norhill is going to ask, what are the odds do you think that we could all get what we need out of this place peacefully without needing to fight? Not good. Now that I was afraid of. But I suppose if you're smarter than me, you could probably find a way to do so kindly. I just know of a few places where they have alarms and locked doors and perhaps there's a basement maybe some sort of an ancient chamber below the building Norhill's gonna, gonna narrow his eyes real low at that like how would you know something like that if you've never been able to penetrate the place without help he scratches his neck and he says yeses and noes Norhill says, would you like to try something very special? He says, it depends. What is it? Uh, Norhill is going to take out the silver stein and put it on the table. Something very special. And he says, it's an empty mug. There's not much to try. Uh, just try drinking it. Yeah, uh, Norhill is going to say, 
in the spirit of successful ventures. Uh, and the Silverstein is going to fill up. And with that, his eyes nearly boggle out of his head and he starts itching at his neck again. And he takes a sip off of it. Uh, 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 sort of. I'm going to need a few yeses and noes for this. Okay. So he retracts his little grizzly hand and his big, fat, swollen, broken hand. Now, why would you know about mystical secrets in the supposed basement when you've never been inside of Shieldvale before? I have been inside. My spirit travels ever onward, and I have seen much. I have spoken to the guards, and I've spoken to the gods above. Who and what are you, really? My name is Baril. I come from far away. But I have come here to go to Shieldvale. I'm looking for a book, a very special book, in a very special library. But you know that, don't you? And he starts scratching at his neck. Uh, Norhill wants to try to see exactly what he's scratching at. Does he have, like, a visible rash, or is he, like, just tweaking? It's very, very red from scratching at it. Okay. Uh, what is the book? He says, that's for me to know. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, Norhill's going to go to drink the Silverstein. He says, it, it's a book that I owe to someone very special to me. Norhill will put down the silver sign and slide it over to him and also make an inside check to see if he's being honest about that. Uh, Norhill got a natural one. Uh, he's not, uh, This guy is 100% on the up and up. Thank you for being honest with me. Anthony, I felt the pain in that one. You're like, thank you for being so compliant and honest. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the silver sign is going to give him half his proficiency bonus as a uh, bonus to constitution. Okay, that'll really do well for his little hand issue. Maybe. And so with that, he says, when are we leaving? Are we going to go to Shieldvale together? I would prefer not to lose sight of you, so... That would probably be the best option. Mm. As far as well, when we're leaving, probably first thing in the morning. And I warn you, we march early. Well, I will do you one kind thing. Where it is we are going, there are many locks. And I must warn you, I'm not good at picking locks. Are you good at picking locks? Well, that depends. Is a busted lock the same as a picked one? Not when the door's made of stone. Then no. Stone cutting in this edition, unfortunately, does not let you do disabled device checks on stone doors. 
I rolled to bash door. Um, well, with that he says, you're going to find a lot of trouble getting anywhere important without keys. Will you find the keys? Do you know where the keys are? Yes. Well, it depends. Many of the Tome Guard have the keys to the important areas, but only the great master Tethrid Ravenshelm, the one who runs the fort, he has the very special keys. He scratches his neck. Hmm. Well, I suppose that that's very good to know. It looks like we're going to need to do a lot of improvisation for this operation. Perhaps. Um, another thing to note is... Uh, a few guards have entered this place at this point. Um, many of them are coming in like unarmored, but still wearing their general clothing. Um, it's very clear that they are tome guard. Um, and for what it's worth, um, yeah, they don't seem to be paying much attention to you as well, but they definitely are here just for drinks and to do things. Um, well, unless anybody has any other questions. No, I don't. Norhill's just going to, like, keep his head down and have normal conversation until the guards either are, like, fully distracted or leave. Yeah, at this point, they're fully distracted. You picked a table far enough away and kept your eyes out that nobody was really paying much attention to you. Uh, Norhill is going to use that opportunity to just slink back downstairs. Okay. Um, did Anton want to do anything at this point? I know that Anton, again, out of all the people in this group, is quite possibly the most disguised just by being a human. So yeah. at this point, Anton could walk through this place freely and talk to anybody, and nobody would really notice. The chances of being noticed are very slim. I mean, he'll make himself look honestly more like a bigger like just a old man traveler. Yeah. The cloak, nothing, nothing really special about it. But no, I think he's just. I think the weight of like the soul thing is starting to weigh down on him. So he doesn't really know. He's like worried. He's like looking at every person. And he's like, is this going to be the person we're going to have to sacrifice? So that's, I think it's starting to eat Beryl. away to him. Beryl stares at you with a very unpleasant look and scratches at his neck. And blinks mm -hmm. with each eye individually. And then goes. <laughs> but. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, did Anton want to stay up top? Or did he want to go downstairs? Did Anton want to stay up here? Or did he want to go downstairs? Oh, I thought you said that's everyone. Sorry. Um, no. I think you could. I think you could head back downstairs. 
So with that, the party reunite downstairs. Um, I imagine leaving Barilla upstairs. Um, I'd hope. Don't bring your itchy friend into the basement. Everybody yeah. gonna be having fleas down there. Um, okay. So the party reconvene. Uh Klika has effectively raised her 20 coins into a hundred coins on a steady streak of one coin at a time. This all checks out. <laughs> um Okay. So what would the party like to do at this point? Uh Norma's probably just gonna go to bed. Okay. So you guys are gonna go back to the ill frog? Do they have rooms here? No. No, okay. Then uh well Jarzak's gonna ask him, uh, do you have a place to stay tonight? Uh Baril just admits that he's gonna go outside of the city walls and sleep in the bushes. Fuck. Well if <laughs> If you want, we can get you a room. And so with that, he just that sort of scratches at his neck again, and he says, I don't sleep in beds. Just because you have a room doesn't mean you need to sleep in the bed. Yeah. And with that, he just sort of shrugs and says, I'll see you in the morning, bright and early. The North Gate, you march early. Yep. Sounds good. And then he just sort of runs full speed, like freaking Naruto, <laughs> just sprinting <laughs> in the direction of the gate. Oh my god. Gotta make it out before curfew. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay. So the party wander back over to the to the uh <clears throat> to the ill frog, which is a very memorable name, because you know when you think about it. <laughs> You know, you've seen seen... a frog that looked sick before. No, see, that's why it's so interesting. There's only one ill frog in the world. Um, so with with that, the uh, party meander in. I imagine taking the long way, trying to be stealthy as before. I, I mean, we might want to leave at separate times. Are you taking the short way then? Are you taking the long way at separate times? Why not mix it up? Some people go long, some people go short. Yeah, we'll draw, we'll draw straws uh, to figure out the order in which we leave and who takes the long way, who takes the short way. I'd rather take the long way, just knowing every time Anton takes... <laughs> Sorry, I'm in the short way. Last time Anton took the long way, he actually like, killed a group of people, so... Accidentally. So... <laughs> Yeah, allegedly, allegedly <laughs> he allegedly committed a small <laughs> act of group murder. I mean, if... um, so who's leaving first? Honestly, I'd rather Anton leave first. I feel like he's just he's getting uncomfortable <laughs> and his thoughts around people. Uh, yeah, Charizak Jar- will have to wait till later and Pat Klika back up. Okay. Yeah, so so in that case, second. all right, fair enough. Anton's taking the, taking the short route. Is Norhill taking short or long? Uh, short. 
Okay. And then what about Jarzak? Um, I'll let you know in a sec. Oh my god. I don't get to flip my coin often, you know? You know, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, Jarzak's gonna take the long route. Okay, so as you guys are uh, led out of the place, the trip back for Anton and for Norhill is very uneventful. Uh, Jarzak taking the long route. Once you guys go last, having waited a good 30 minutes to an hour to leave after Norhill left, um, you notice that you are being tailed. It's not even hidden. A guy that you actually had seen down in the basement seems to be following you right out the door. He's not following quickly, but every time you look back, he seems to like kind of like give you a look, like a left to right sort of like look, and then he kind of nudges his head to an alleyway. Jarzak, take the long way and loop back to the club. Okay. I mean, he was kind of trying to nudge you to go. So are you trying to like not get caught by this guy or are you trying to just like waste his time? I'm confused what's happening here. A bit of both, yeah. So he'll be following us for a bit, and then we just end up back at the club. And Jarzak goes okay. back inside. So once you start getting closer to the club, he just openly like starts doing the pss, pss. He's like, hey, don't go back there. I need to talk to you. Oh. Okay, I, I thought you were chasing me to kill me. What's up? Kill you? No, if I wanted to kill you, I would have snuck something into your drink. I'm going to be honest work. with you. Look, and he kind of, yeah, <laughs> just knows too much and has seen too, too much. Uh, but he directs you to go into an alley between some of the buildings. What's up? Do you follow him? Yeah. So he pulls you in there and he says, listen, Helena has a lot of eyes and ears out here. Okay. I couldn't ask you when I was down in the basement, down in the oasis. Because she would have been upset for me asking about it. My name is Garendi. My brother and I have been operating within this city for a long time. My brother got caught. Okay? A couple of guards in the East Gate, they beat him up real bad. And we found him in the waters. I know for a fact he didn't drown. Somebody beat him near to death and threw him over. I know what we do is not honest living, and it's not kind. But if Helena knew I was trying to ask you to do this, she'd have my ass. What, what are you trying to ask? I'm more than willing. I want you to make a group of guards disappear. I heard oh. you guys aren't really affiliated, and you're just on your way through. It'll be perfect. You could do the job and be done with it, and we could forget it ever happened. I don't want it to be traceable back to us. Okay? They keep good tabs on us, and some of the guards who do similar rounds know that I'm still there right now. If you can make some guards disappear, three of them, they have their shift right now. If you can make them disappear, maybe I can help you out. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I imagine Jarzak and Klika still have the like uh, notebook to communicate or whatever. Yeah, and uh, he was also in the basement and saw Klika and watched her eat onion rings with her feet. So I mean, there's no reason to hide her at this point. Okay, Jarzak's just gonna say out loud that uh, Klika's you in. Just wait for either the bag to move or say something. So what? what is um, he offering if we do this? Is he just saying we should take care of it because they're not good people? And they like killed one of his friends? Killed his brother. His brother. Helena just doesn't want to have beef with the guards any more than they already do. So if it looks like it was just a strange incident with a group of drifters, it won't come back to them. He just wants revenge, and he's willing to pay you back for it with his services. And you know it was those three guards? And he says, it only makes sense. They were, when he was coming back, he was doing a job. He was coming back through the East Gate, and he never made it home. Wait, did we come in the East Gate? You did. You, you said the East Gate, and it's the Night Guards. Indeed it is. <laughs> he says, yeah, he that says checks it's out. a trio. They're a bunch of real, real rotten guys. But they're in like Flint with the rest of the guards, because they end up charging people extra at the gate, and hustling people for their money, and they share it amongst the whole lot of them. Yeah. So what? what can you give us for this job? He says, well, I am a member of the Seven Palms, and I've proven myself time and again with my way around some tools. If you need somebody who uh, can disarm some mechanisms and perhaps pick some locks, I might be your guy. Oh, Klika, can you pick locks? No. Fuck, okay, yeah, we do. Um, You're coming with us tomorrow morning, then. Pay back the favor. He says, you're going to go take care of this now? Now's as good a time as any. Yeah, Norhill's going to be real mad if he finds out we killed some guards. But, but you know, better to make Norhill king than, and, than forgiveness. I, I get my metaphors mixed up with Norhill, but I know he doesn't like when we do stuff in the dark without him. But we do it anyway. That's when they do their secret handshake. <laughs> yeah. With that, so... he says, if you can make it done, I'm sure I'll hear about it in the morning. And I'm going to go back to the bar right now. So I've got my ass covered. Nobody will know it was me. And uh, if everything's good in the morning, I'll come with you. Meet us outside the North Gate. I'll be there. Jarzak, you might not even need to be a part of this. Just in case people witness you going after them. You're the only orc in town, I think. But nobody knows there's a goblin here. So if Klika can get the drop on him, Klika can probably do short work. 
you know, Anton's also very good at killing people after hours in bulk. So, I mean, you might want to enlist Anton in on this one. Anton but already it, hated them. So. Anton usually yeah. involves bright lights and... Yeah, Anton <laughs> brings a like... lot of attention to himself. Very good at it, yes, but... Hello? I was thinking about that too, honestly. But I'm like, nah, I don't know if, like, this is good. I, I don't know, like, how much of an effect will this have, like, on Anton's, like, connection to his god if he becomes like kind of those are a little bit chaotic evil acts aren't they i I mean but you're i don't think that's a chaotic evil act you have these people who very knowingly just murdered a guy granted he was a bad guy too but they probably murdered him because they're being dicks and they pretty much robbed you in broad daylight justice okay yeah you're just showing those who walk in the dark what it is to be with the light okay (laughs) or some shit like that (laughs) Anyway, fireball, and there we go. I don't know. If you want to enlist him, I'm not going to say no. I don't mean, Anton's going to be fiery about it. No pun intended. But then we also have to convince Norhill to do it. No, we don't have to well, tell him. And then, okay, we're then going to the inn, and then back out to the gate, and then back to the inn. Which, yeah, but Norhill goes to bed early. He's an old I... man. I could also go in the woods and find what's his name sleeping in a bush. Yeah, I, I just doesn't think, like the city anyway. I think like I wouldn't disturb people, him. People don't know Cleek is here, so like it's not going to be an issue if someone sees Cleek at night in like the dark. They'll be like, "Well, there was a short person," or like, "Like, wait a minute, I, I don't, plan. I guess it was a goblin, but like, I don't know. It's just like." If Jarzak gets spotted going to and from by some random passerby, that's the only thing I'm worried about. Because like the guards are obviously going to look into this, so we need I mean, to. Man. What if Anton really does make himself look like a traveling beggar? Then he can get his like. I mean, if for what yeah, it's worth, Anton, I also fine too, like to go around because it's just another human, but it's Jarzak also... that I'm worried about. I hadn't even thought about it, really. I mean, there was three gate guards at the gate, just because that's the way that is, but that's also three guards' outfits right there that you guys could just... And it's just like, you know, I didn't really think about the uh, the ramifications of that, but I mean, hey, you guys just got three free guard uniforms, too. I mean, we... Like... Me and we have to can kill just... these guys first. We gotta yeah, get me, me and Clea can just kill them and go into the woods. We just don't have to come back to town. Yeah, poor well, We we can fly us out. Like I can do fly, and we're just gone in the night. Like Norhill <laughs> would be very offended waking up in the morning after you guys had been out all night murdering people. <laughs> just like what the fuck happened? We went out. We got drinks. He's like, I went home second. How did Anton end up going out and murdering people? <laughs> but okay so my question is who is going to be going on this do you go back and tell Anton about this well you guys don't even know he did the other thing so you have no idea Anton has like murderous like skill yeah I mean I I assumed we were just going to take care of it before we even went back to the end yeah okay I mean that works for me too yeah, At least this... we know where Anton stands on that line. If you come back and have to explain yourselves, Anton will be like, you know what? I would have done it too. But, okay. So I suppose as a 
Klika and Jarzak approach the gate, even from a far distance, you guys can hear the sounds of three guards cackling and joking in the distance under the torchlight of the gate. And we'll end it there. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter. Or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons.